0: welcome to my podcast chilling with rick it's a podcast where people from all walks of life come to share their experiences in their professional fields their educational journey personal development struggles and life in general follow me on anchor fm and spotify welcome to another episode of let's talk about it here we have uh mike fustinus he's my trainer who is helping me uh, reshape my body and helping me build a strong foundation i met mike by sheer coincidence actually Uh, Before the second lockdown, when gyms were open, I was late for my workout at another gym. I'm not going to name the gym because they have enough PR disasters already. So I was late for my workout at another gym. I used to go super early, like morning, 4 or 5 a.m. to just avoid people. And especially during COVID, I woke up late and ended up in the gym around 8. And it was overpopulated and it was a germaphobes nightmare. Smelly. Oh man, the smell. You just reminded me of the smell. So I heard about World Gym nearby and thought about checking it out. Once I got in there, I saw uh, a bigger space, hand sanitizers, uh, they were everywhere, and I was in. While working out there, I was sharing the machine with uh, one of the gym's managers, and uh, he saw how my form needed some work, and he referred me to Mike. Uh, The gym was giving out a free assessment by a professional trainer, so I thought, hey, what the hell, what do I have to lose? And the assessment was, let's be honest, it was brutal, man. It was, it was the most, one of the most brutal things that I've ever experienced in life. I'm like, what the fuck was that? And it was also fun at the same time. Like, it was like a masochistics playground, I would say. I understood then and there that Mike was the key to build my strength. So we started off as trainers and trainees and we became friends. Now... I got a whole bunch of questions for you, Mikey. Um, what, right, so, what is your own training journey like? How did you get started? Oh,
1: how did I get started? Uh, I was really young when I was about sixteen years old. My my family was always athletic. My uncles were very, very big, strong guys. They would always uh, work out. You know, they were grew up like in the seventies, eighties. They were still kids. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, pff, Rambo. You know, all the tough guys, the big guys. And uh, they were training. They were going to the gym. Bodybuilding was very popular back then. They were training. I was watching them when I was a kid. It's was like, wow, I want to be big and strong. And, and uh, yeah, man, I hit my uh, puberty hit. I became really strong, and I started working out at home, uh, bench pressing the couch, doing some squats, some weights at home. And it felt good. like the way it felt helped in sports. Uh, yeah, that's how it started, man. Honestly, just...
0: Cartoons and uh, superheroes and uh, action movies. Hold up, hold up, hold up! Bench press on the couch? couch? No, under the couch. Bench press under the couch? How, yeah, how... I don't, 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 yeah, don't. I don't recommend it. How does it work? Well, you go under the couch
1: and you lift it up and then you have it. You do that, right? But it's after when you try and get out from under the couch. I would call my mom, I'd be like, ah, the couch, and she would hold it and I'd get slide out. It's not a good idea. Don't do it. Don't do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. But, no, but that... it was, it's doable. Oh, man. That's like, okay. We're, we're just at the beginning of the interview and it's already like starting crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's life and death. <laughs> Imagine like a little
1: 12-year-old on the couch trying to bench press, Well, bench press in the couch. And then when you get tired, right, the couch would fall and you'd be on your elbows like, Ma, help me. Help me. So, <laughs> like so you cow- had a spotter,
0: at least. She would be in the kitchen or another room and I'd yell and she would be there, yeah. 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 How did she react when she found you under the couch? Shake their head and being like, "Again."
1: I'm like, "Yes, again." I'm okay. I'm okay. Fine. And then you know, you know, the 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 eye roll and the ugh, again. <laughs> oh my
0: god. Yeah. When... Don't don't do it, kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't do it. Don't don't, don't do but it. But you know, like if you tell kids not to do something. Yeah, but
1: don't do it anyways. I mean, do it, but. Wait, how does the reverse psychology going to work now? It's like, do we tell them? Yeah, do it, kids. Do it. No, <laughs> no. Don't listen to Rick. It's stupid. <laughs> it was dumb. When you're a kid, If you're a kid, you can do dumb stuff. Just don't tell them I told you to do it. Don't. Don't do it.
0: Uh, we're not medical professionals. We don't take yeah. any responsibility. This is, this if is, you this fuck is, up your shoulders because uh, you listen to, like, some guys on YouTube, like, yeah, it's was, your fault.
1: You're a moron. If you do that, but also <laughs> press your head and don't just don't. It's not worth it. It's not worth it, man.
0: Yeah, or make sure your mom is spotting you. Yeah, make sure you. <laughs> <That's it>, exactly. <laughs> so, Mikey, one one of the things that really uh, boggled my mind is how diverse uh, professional life that you had, starting from being an aerospace engineer to having a restaurant businesses to rehabilitation training at some point. Uh, yeah. Paint a picture for us. What made you choose personal training at the end? Uh, I mean, well, I
1: I like helping people and I like working out. Honestly, those two things are good. I always had a knack for it. I always had a knack of seeing how the mechanics of the body works, probably based on the engineering. And, um, yeah, I just like like, you know, it's nice to help people. It's nice to see them. Feel better, feel stronger, gain more confidence, and uh, just see be able to see what they could really do. That's how it really started. I mean, there wasn't anything, you know, I wasn't going to, I wouldn't be, I like working with people. And yeah, man, it's not, it's nothing crazy. Just people and working out, you put them together and you become a trainer. I like helping people recover. I mean, a lot of people, what happens is they get hurt, let's say, especially for the physiotherapy. They get hurt and they stop moving the muscle, stop moving the body part. It's the worst thing to do. The problem is, unless it's completely detached, you should always work it because you can always get stronger. Your body adapts very easily. And I was always interested in how the body works and how it repairs itself and all that stuff. And I was like, if I could pass on my knowledge and able to help some people, why not? Let's just do it. And the restaurant thing is because I'm Greek, so Greeks and restaurants, you know. Uh, super racist.
0: <laughs> I mean, souvlaki on the menu, uh, calamari, those are good stuff, a- man.
1: Mediterranean diet, it's like the best diet, the great people say. What made you quit engineering? I didn't really start it to begin with. Uh, I took the courses, did that stuff, got a stage, and then just really wasn't interested. It wasn't my type of environment, it wasn't stimulating. It was a lot of there okay <laughs> it wasn't really fun you know
0: but, but. At, at the end like the um the engineering degree understanding uh how things move it, it helped exactly. you in your yeah. training it's a mechanical body yeah
1: it's mechanical it's the body's mechanical it's a machine the best machine and uh the rest of the thing in a way it helps but doesn't really help i mean it's completely different i mean if you really think about how the body works compared to any other machine it's not really comparable you I mean you can't The engineer cannot build something as renewable and as adaptive as the body. There's no way. I mean, whatever you do with the body is what you're going to become good at. If somebody moves their arm like this all day, they'll be an expert at doing this all day. Right? We are what we repeatedly do. So if somebody squats all day, they'll be amazing at squatting. If you're able to run all day, you'll be amazing at running. Your body adapts. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. If you treat it well, obviously, you have to treat it well.
0: You know? (laughs) Of course, man. Like, uh, especially during quarantine, I'm pretty sure that uh, people didn't have any uh, exercise. No. no, Well, you
1: didn't have motivation either, right? Because you didn't know what was happening. You didn't know when it was going to open again. You didn't know when it was freezing cold. Uh, Mixed messages. Stay outside. Go inside. (laughs) You need need Uh, exercise. But don't do exercise. But you don't need exercise. You're like, okay, man. So, you know, it's normal. It's psychological trauma. Like I said, everything's in the mind, right? What did you have to do to become a personal trainer? Um, well, there was a lot of studying, and you get certificates. You get different kinds of certificates, right? Uh, I have a powerlifting certificate. I have my ISSA. Uh, before, I had my CatFit Pro. Uh, it's basically, you know what? You get your certificate. You can either study kinesiology also, which I started, but then it wasn't really my thing. Um, Honestly, it's just about learning more, right? It's like you learn more. So you get your certificate, and then you can start training people. or You can do your stuff your own. And then the more you learn, the more you specialize in a certain area. And the more you get more certificates, you could get a CrossFit certificate, a powerlifting certificate. Um, you could train trainers. There's a whole bunch of things you could do. Um, yeah, it's just acquired knowledge. You learn more, right? I mean, school could only teach you a certain amount of thing. The more you learn, the better you become. The better you become, the more you want to learn more.
0: One thing that, uh, that I'm curious about is how do you choose your clients? Uh, do you take just anybody or you have your no. own vetting procedures? So uh, I, give us an idea about how you choose people. Why, why, why would I tell you my secrets Then everybody's going gonna...
1: oh. <laughs> to, I, I don't know. I don't take anybody, I mean, uh, some people might be watching this and being like, yeah, you almost kicked me out. Uh, <laughs> I do re- I reject some people. I do uh, because I know if they're not as committed as I am to their journey, there's no point, but that's honestly just a top layer. Uh, if I don't think we'll either get along or that person is able to, if they don't want it, I can't help them. And if I don't, they don't get any results, then it's my business card. It's a way of my I'm the one advertising through them, right? So if in six months and they haven't lost a pound, I'm gonna look bad. I'm literally investing time and energy in that person, right? Basically, gonna invest stress, when they're going to be stressed, when they're going to be hungry, when they're going to be tired, when they're going to have bad times with their family, their friends, it's all going to come out during the training. So if they're not a little bit as invested as I am in the changing and in the pushing and the pushing themselves, there's no point in me doing anything. They have to get to a certain level before they're able to help themselves. And then in turn, I'm able to help them. You can't help anybody that doesn't want to help themselves. You know what I mean? Let's say, for example, somebody has some physical ailments. As somebody's morbidly obese let's say as an example and let's say they need they need for health reasons they need to lose 60 pounds okay and they come up to me and they tell me no i just want to lose 15 pounds i have a conversation with them and make them understand why they can't just lose 15 pounds because the pain in their joints the pain in their heart their heart problems their cardiovascular problems all the issues that are going to come with it uh if they don't understand that i won't be able to help them not because i don't want to because if person doesn't understand the possibility that if they think they could only lose 15 pounds 60 pounds seems so crazy to them it's never gonna be able to do it you have to believe that it's possible first before you're actually able to do it so if i don't think i'm going to get along personality wise or i don't see that they're going to push themselves i mean that's why the first training that we did together i mean i didn't really push you that hard compared to the trainings that we
0: usually do no but it's true I mean, it was hard for you, but... Dude, I... that was one of the hardest things I've done. And I was like, dude, that's an assessment. I was thinking, like, you are going to ask me to do a couple of push-ups, a few squats, and that's it. No, I... no, you pushed me towards like, my limit, man. I was like, no, what you... the hell is that? What did you, do? you did squat, push-ups, and uh, rows. That's all you did. Dude, I was bent that day. I was, like, yeah, so yeah. sore. Yeah,
1: but, I mean, you do it properly, yeah. <laughs> no, but, I mean... That's why you do the session like that, right? If they give up halfway through it or I see that they're not able to push themselves, I'm not asking for 50, 100 push-ups. But, I mean, if you could only do three and I ask you to do two more and you don't even try, there's no point. Because it's going to get a lot harder from then on. You know what I mean? That's all it is. Even if you do one, I don't care if you do one, two push-ups. The fact that you're trying to do it, the fact that you're pushing yourself, that's what makes a difference. If you have a stubborn, hard head, I could definitely work with you. If you don't, if you're like, me, nah, can't do it, nah, <laughs> then I
0: can't work with you. Oh man, I'm so glad that I uh, that I was like, oh, ignore the pain, ignore the pain, let's just do it. I'm like, oh man, I'm so glad that I did it, man. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, because you see, if you know it's like at the gym and
1: everything, like, my clients get really good results because of that. You know what I mean? The the because of you push them and they're able to understand that. Oh wow, I could do five push ups, Okay. Next week I did seven. Oh wow, okay. The block was at five, now it's at ten. Now I'm able to do twenty. Then but that other that passes in other aspects of their lives too. They're like, oh wow, okay. I never thought I was gonna be able to do let's say twenty push ups in a month. You know what? Maybe in this situation in my life at work or my relationships or I could actually do this, I could ask for the raise, or I could go study this new thing, or I could do try this new activity.
0: The limits go away, which is beautiful, man. On the course of any fitness journey where kind of bound to get injured from time to time. So how do you avoid or, you know, minimize injuries that might potentially decommission you for months? Uh,
1: you can't avoid injuries. Uh, you can't, cause you're, you're going to get hurt. I mean, you train, you're going to get hurt your body because you can't, you could can be as careful as you want. You could do everything perfectly, but things are going to happen. Right. but that's okay. Cause that's how you learn and you were able to push yourself. Uh, try and avoid, try and not get injured. Ideally, what you should do is for range of motion, stretch before, um, properly warmed up. Just do the movements properly. You know, don't do these crazy things that these Instagram people are doing, like put a brick on your head and stand on a ball. And I don't know, man, people are weird. <laughs> don't try anything crazy. Stick to the basics. Build up a strong foundation and you have less chance of getting hurt. You're always going to get hurt in the weakest muscle part or the weakest joint or the weakest whatever. So you always try and strengthen your whole body. Like that, there's less chance of an injury. You're gonna get injured though. I mean, it happens, and it's okay as long as you don't give up. Because there's always ways to work around it. You work around the injury. Let's say your shoulder hurts, you train more legs. You know, you work a little bit with bands. You recover your shoulder and get stronger. The next time it's gonna be stronger. You can't be afraid. And uh, but you're gonna get hurt, man. It's part of the game. It's part of the game. I have I tore my pectoral, and doctor said 12 weeks. I'm like, yeah, I get 12 weeks couple weeks two weeks later I was back slowly benching I don't recommend it, children don't do, what I do. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it listen to doctors they know better than me what I did personally is that and they worked out fine for me and uh, but don't do it
0: do what the doctor tells you but what to do when you are injured like, what can you do to let's say maximize your recovery according to your experiences like and while also avoiding muscle or joint stiffness uh, you gotta move,
1: move, uh, move, move, whatever hurts, move it, get the blood circulating, get the oxygen circulating, uh, work the muscles that are around it, strengthen it. Um, yeah, you just, I mean, rest, it's rice, right? Rest, ice, compression, elevation. If you hurt your foot, rest, put ice on it, compress it, elevate it. Now, if it's your shoulder, you're totally elevated, <laughs> but, uh, that's what you should do. But again, when you feel right enough. There's a difference between training when you're injured and training the injury, right? There's a big difference. Because training when you're injured, no good, you have to let it rest, let it recover. But training an injury means you're training the injury to get better, you're working the muscles around it, you're getting the blood into it, getting the oxygen into it,
0: and you're actually making it better. Big, big difference. So what was your worst injury that you dealt with in the past and how did you recover? Uh, torn pectoral. That's that's your worst injury. Yeah, wow. that was the worst one. Yeah. Damn. Well, I sprained my ankle, but I mean that was just. No, no, that's
1: that's a that's yeah, big or <laughs> a complete torn. I was actually was no It wasn't a lot. It wasn't. It wasn't a heavy amount. Um, I guess I was just. It's you. You usually get injured, and in, when you think you're more confident, you're not paying attention. So I was benching, 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 and all of a sudden, I heard a pop. I felt it go numb. I put the thing back. My whole face turned white. My friend was there with me. He's like, what happened? I'm like, I can't feel my arm. <laughs> and um, Shit. Yeah, it got all bruised, man. It all was blue and green and purple, all the colors of the rainbow. And uh, a lot of pain. It went up. Obviously, for people that did get injured, you'll see it even goes to your shoulder. goes to your trapezes because everything's trying to support it. It didn't tear completely, which I was very, very lucky about. And uh, I was actually going off the nurse at that time, and I didn't want her to r- worry. So I called and I said, uh, hey, what would you do if somebody, you know, what if somebody <laughs> tore their pec? What, what should they do? And she's like, oh, my God. I'm like, no, no, it's not me. It's my friend. <laughs> 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 then it ended up being me. And uh, that's it. Put ice. Uh, recover. Went to the doctor. doctor told me 12 weeks. No movement. Uh, let her rest. And, uh Ignored his advice. Didn't ignore it. I took it into consideration. The difference is somebody that works out and actually, you know, works their body like a couple times a week and knows what to do knows what they're doing. Their body's used to it, right? You have all the connecting tissues and everything that are pretty strong compared to somebody that's very sedentary, that doesn't move. It's very different. The recovery time's a lot different, right? If you have proper nutrition, proper rest, proper supplementation, then you're, you're much Better at recovering, right? You're not going to go crazy either. You're going to put three plates and start benching two days later. Slowly build up, you know, start with a bar, then put a five the week after, then a 10. Eventually, get strong enough,
0: and uh, that's it. So, you start from scratch when you get injured. You start from scratch, yeah, exactly. then you build up slowly. You build up a lot faster,
1: right? Look, it's the same thing. Like, there's a lot of places that do rehab. And basically, it's the same thing as saying, like, you go in the first day and you have an injury, and they give you a five pound. Or a three pound dumbbell. And let's say six months later, they still give you a three pound dumbbell. There hasn't really been any improvement. I mean, you're moving the the movement's going well, but I mean, in order to build something, you have to work at it slowly, right? So you build so, let's say now, try with one pound and two pounds and three pounds, ten pounds. Your body adapts. right? So it's very, very different. That was the worst injury. It was painful, very, very painful, bruised beyond belief. Couldn't move my arm. Uh, did you need surgeries? No, nope, didn't need surgery. It didn't completely tear. It just really popped, and
0: yeah, good times, good times. Any after effect today for from that injury? <clears throat>
1: um, my tricep and my shoulder take a little bit more of the weight when uh, doing, let's say, bench press or chest uh, chest exercises. But uh, no, not really, man. The strength's still there. Uh, like I said, build it up slowly, so everything gets reattached. Everything, the te- not the tendons reattached, but you know, the muscle gets strong and the movements are still there. And your body adapts, you know, it's, you know
0: your body adapts. Yeah. I got some questions about training in general. So um, yeah. you specialize in powerlifting, right? Not not specialize. I do train
1: people to do powerlifting, yeah. Uh, I don't really specialize in anything. Uh, pretty much I work a little bit with everything to see what works. Depends on the, on the client, whatever works best for them, right?
0: Like they want to build their strength, um, depending nice. on their body type. Now, I mean, your training, let's say, uh, if we oh, talk my about training.
1: your training. Yeah. Oh, no, my training. I just go heavy and stay between 8 and 12 reps. And uh, that's it, man. Go heavy, hard, short uh, 45 minutes to an hour and 15, maybe. And depending on the but yeah, I, I do, yeah. But it's, it looks like powerlifting to most people because it's heavy weights. But uh, between 8 and 12 reps, man. If you could do more than 12, you add weight.
0: What are the differences in terms of uh, training technicality, like reps, sets, volume, when you're aiming for powerlifting or hypertrophy? Uh,
1: again, powerlifting, you, again, you have to, because powerlifting is more like a whole total body. Your nervous system kicks in, your tendons kick in, right? It's really stressful on the body, right? Um, so powerlifting, you try and stay uh, weight, a lot of rest in between could do the depending. You could do volume training for powerlifting. Let's say five times five, depending on what you want to do. But you got lower repetitions, longer rests, heavier weights. Right? Depending what you're trying, you're trying, trying to find your uh, one rep max is a certain training for it. Uh, hypertrophy is basically just volume building up the muscle, right? So again, you stay between eight and twelve reps, eight and fifteen reps. uh Working the you're working the muscle. You're working the muscle. You're the tenants. Are just out of repetitiveness that you get, they get used, and uh, just building volume. And honestly, it's hypertrophy is breaking down the muscle fiber until it grows becomes bigger. Powerlifting is basically stressing the body to the point where it becomes really, really solid, and you're able to like lift those heavy, heavy weights. You know what I mean? You could be a powerlifter and look smaller than a bodybuilder with this hypertrophy, but the powerlifter is gonna kick the guys. <laughs> the, you know, you could look big and muscular, but not be strong. Right, the person that's like 250 pounds that benches 300 pounds, okay, good for you. It's a little bit higher than your body weight. But a power lifter that's 150 pounds that benches 405, like, okay, you might not look good as big as that guy, but yeah. <laughs> so it's a good to mix everything, you know? You look big and you're strong at the same time, you got to be solid.
0: So you got a more holistic approach to uh,
1: your training. It's not holistic. It's just basically you do whatever is best. Your body works in certain ways. You got to work with the body. You know what I mean? You got to look, you know. I mean, you can't carry a bench press everywhere with you. And so it's good to look good, but it's also good to be, you know, you're able to run, you're able to jump, you're able to lift the weights, you're able to,
0: you know, have good cardio at the same time. Yeah, you should be like a, a balance of everything. Uh, why is it so important to develop muscle mass when you want to lose weight? Because a lot of people tend to think that cardio is the key to their development. So yeah. what's what's your take on it?
1: Uh, well, it's not my take. It's science.
0: <laughs> it's uh, for every pound of
1: muscle that you build, your body burns 50 more calories during the day. Right? Just general and, and normal, right? So what happens basically is for every pound, you burn 50 calories. Let's say you gain 10 pounds of muscle. That's 500 calories more in the day you're burning. Right, your your metabolism your metabolism speeds up because there's more fibers to circulate blood into oxygen into movement costs it expends more energy. Uh, cardio is very good, it's very very good. But let's say for cardio, you got to think of cardio as you do 20 minutes of let's say you burn 200 calories on the elliptical. It's 200 calories, perfect. You have a muffin, your calories are gone. You build muscle though. It's a kind of investment. So basically, what happens is, let's say during a training session, you burn 500 calories, but you're also building muscle. So that muscle, the next day, and two days later, three days later, a week later, when it's going to build, it's actually going to burn more calories on that day than you would normally. That's different. It's like an investment. You put a little bit, a good bit every day, and eventually becomes a lot. So then, eventually, if you have more muscle and you're doing cardio, you're actually going to burn more calories during your cardio. That's why you see a lot of guys that do like off-season training. A lot of girls that do off-season training, they're really muscular. And then when they need to shred down and really cut down for competition, they do a lot of cardio, but they still do weights. And because of their big muscle mass, the weight comes off really, really quickly. Right? That's what it is. its is. They're both very good, but you can't go crazy there. Because, again, you got to look at the comparison between a sprinter and a marathon runner. Marathon runners do a lot of cardio, but they don't look very strong or healthy, right? They're great at what they do. But look at the sprinters. It's shorter, they do weights, slower incrementations, more intense. That's the whole point.
0: But it cannot be just exercises either. Like your diet also plays a huge role. Like how? Of course, of course, of course your diet is, the diet is I mean,
1: people say it's 80%, whatever. It's, everything's important. You can't say 80%, 90%. Uh, you gotta make sure you're getting enough protein, good carbs for before and after you're trading, good fats. And uh, yeah, diet's important. I mean, if you're going to do cardio, you got to make sure you have carbohydrates before and after, or else you'll pass out. You know, you got to also muscle building, you got to make sure you have enough protein, enough carbs, fuel your workouts, don't go crazy. Uh, You know, stick to the, the complex carbs oatmeal, brown rice, whole grain pasta.
0: It's it's more of a balanced diet that you're recommending than like you know the the, the basic stuff like avoid the 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 you know the refined car refined sugar the refined carbohydrate, and uh, just have a normal meal.
1: Yeah, have a normal meal, but make sure you get your protein in. Make sure you get enough protein. Make sure you get enough vegetables, enough carbs, and uh, don't go crazy. I mean, work eat for what you're gonna do. You know, if you're gonna go running. You can have a plate of pasta if you're going to go run for three hours. It doesn't really matter. I mean, but you're going to to have a plate of pasta and then go to bed right after, stay on the couch. There's no point in doing that. All you're doing is giving your body sugar and you're not using it. So it's going to sort its fat. It's normal. Your body does what it needs to do for you. So if you're going to break down a lot of muscle fibers by lifting heavy weights or doing powerlifting, your body needs to repair those cells. Give it more protein. It'll it'll heal.
0: Calisthenics, like, you know, freehand exercises versus uh, training with free weights, Uh, which is better in your opinion?
1: Better, there's no better. I mean, you got to be able to do a push up before you can do a bench press. You know what I mean, there's no point in doing a bench press if you can't do a push up. Uh, Calyxetics is good because it stabilizes your whole body, works on the abdominals, works on the shoulders. Bench press, you're kind of lying down. Uh, they're both very good. I mean, when push ups get too easy, then you go into the dumbbells and barbells and all those things. Uh, but if you can't do a bodyweight squat, there's no point in doing squat with weights on your back. All you're, doing is, all you're doing is you're going to weaken your, your weak muscles already, and the stronger ones are going to take over, and eventually you'll get injured. So start off with body weight exercises, whatever you could do, man. It doesn't really matter. You could start off with 5, 10, 20, whatever. You could start with two. You could start with push-ups on the wall. It doesn't matter. You're just going to get stronger, and then eventually go with doubles. Everything's a step. Everything's a step, right? Machines are good. Free weights are good. Calisthenics are good. Yeah, everything's good. Elastics are good for some things. Everything's good.
0: Uh, how do you compose your training sessions uh, when you think about targeting the weak muscles and also the strong muscles how do you uh, plan the progression
1: well uh, depending I mean you got you, first I have to analyze on the client you're talking for myself uh, in general okay in general I see, well you have to analyze a person right put them in certain like make them do squats uh, push-ups rows with the TRX then you see wherever they feel first wherever they feel it first is what you have to, whatever their weakness is, right? So let's say somebody's doing rows, and like you're feeling your back, and they're like, no, I feel it in my arms and my forearms. I'm like, all right, that's the weakest part. That's what's gonna give up first, right? Their back's not really working. So you work on the weakest parts first when you're rested, and then eventually it balances out, right? If somebody's super strong, let's say you wanna work on the back and they're super strong on their biceps, you have to tire out the biceps before you can work on the back.
0: That's logic, right? What are the dangers of those uh, imbalances?
1: Oh, that's, what you're, that's what's going to get injured first. If you have a really weak, weird deltoid, let's say, and you're doing some rows and you're putting heavy because your back could take it and your biceps could take it, all it takes is one, two, three pounds extra, some bad movement, and your shoulders ruin, the delts ruined because that's the weakest part, right? Your other body parts that are stronger are compensating for the weak part. But if you make that weak part stronger, then you're going to be a whole a hell of a lot stronger. That's what's
0: important. One of the key things that you taught me and you're still teaching me is the mental aspect of training, the, the mind game. It's something that every fitness practitioner or athlete understands and talks about. For the for the untrained body and the untrained mind, could you explain what that mindset is?
1: What do you mean in what way? What, what the mindset is the what?
0: You, you remember that uh, whenever I was giving up, uh, you keep telling me, you know, it's in your mind, like you have to cultivate rage, cultivate rage. That's right. one of the things you, you mentioned. So for somebody who does not understand the, this aspect of a training, where the, the mental aspect, can you just, you know, paint a picture of uh, what it's like and why is it so important?
1: Right. Well, the mental is the most important thing, because, again, have you seen those things, those those elephants? Probably everybody heard about this story. Basically, when an elephant's a baby, they tie him with a big chain on a pole. Right? the elephant tries to get away, it can't, they can't, they can't. The bigger it starts getting, the smaller they start making the chain. Right? Eventually the elephant just gives up and eventually it's tied up to a little string and it won't even move. It won't even bother moving because it's in its mind. It thinks still thinks that it's attached to that big chain. Same thing with anybody starting any exercise, any training, any any new thing. We're, we're, we're basically slaves to our past of what we thought we could do. Let's say five years ago, you weren't able to run a mile, right? And you've been training and you've, let's say you haven't been running, but you've been working out, you've been doing some squats. In your mind, you still think that you can't do it because you remember that pain that you've had, like, oh man, I'm so disappointed in myself. I wasn't able to do it, right? And you just don't try. But if you would just try, like that elephant, if it would just pull its leg, it would rip that pole out of the ground. Same thing for you. You come into a gym and you have these pre-implanted ideas in your head. Let's say you look at those big dumbbells. You're like, oh, my God, 50 pounds. I'll never, never be able to do that. I did 10 last month. As soon as you put that in your head, there's a block that appears. Like, oh, I'm not going to be able to do it. But look at you now. What are you doing? 52 and a half. Right? Why? Why are you doing that? Why now is it something possible? But back then it wasn't. Yeah, it's not big of a difference. You didn't, you didn't ten times your strength either. It's not that you weren't able to, but you just believed that you're able to. So you believed it and you tried it. You tried it. Maybe the first time you weren't good at it. Maybe you did it one. Second time you tried, you did it twice. Third time you did it five times. Now you're doing it ten times. As soon as you put that idea in your head that I can't or I'm not able to, it's over. You're just not going to try, even if you're able to do it. You're not going to try, and that's the problem. Walk into a gym, see those heavy hundred-pound dumbbells, and say, "You know what? I'm not gonna be—I can't do it right now, but I will do it, and I'm able to do it because other people will do it. Why wouldn't you be able to? There's no reason. There's nothing different between you and everybody else. It's just the work that you put in. If you want to do something, you're gonna do it. If you tell yourself you're not gonna be able to do it, you're never gonna do it. Because it's not that you're not physically capable. You put that block in your head, and you don't—you're not gonna try. You know, you have to, man." Rage—that's what it is. Like I said, you—you gotta get angry. You gotta get angry, not at yourself. Just get angry at everything. Anger gets you done. done. Anger gets you done. That's right. Yeah, it's very important, man. And you know what it is? I get very good results with my female clients because (laughs) they have anger, (laughs) which is great because they're so stubborn, they're so hard-headed, right? They, for some reason, they're intimidated. They shouldn't be because if, when a girl decides she's going to do something, it takes her longer to decide to do something. Oh, my God. But when she puts her mind to it, when they train, they push hard, and they get angry, and that's beautiful. You know? Get that, I get those false ideas out of your head. Get those ideas that I'm not able to, I can't do this, I'll never be able to do it. That's bullshit. You put a block in your head. Take away that block. There's no reason to have the block. For what? It doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve you. It doesn't do anything positive for you. That's in every aspect of life, but I mean mostly training. If you say, I'll never be able to lose 50 pounds, well, guess what? You're never going to be able to lose 50 pounds. That's all it is, man. If you tell yourself, I'm not going to be able to lift that, you're not going to lift it. If you say, I'm not going to be able to do a marathon, you're never going to do a marathon. Not because you're not physically able of. It's in your head. You block yourself up, and then you give yourself excuses. Never give yourself excuses. If you want to do something, you do it. Even if not now, man, even if lifting that 100 pounds is going to take you a year, good. Fuck it. Let it take a year. Let it take two years. But you'll do it. And then when you get to 100 pounds, you'll be like, next year I'm going to do 150 pounds. And you do 150 pounds. Then you look back two years ago and you're like, oh, man, remember I was doing those. Th- even on your videos at that other gym, right? When you're doing 10 pounds
0: and you're feeling weak and whatever. <laughs> yeah, now it's like 30 now, is like uh, my my normal. What's 30? You're doing 50 pounds now. Yeah. Right? 10 yeah
1: what do you think that was it wasn't i don't you didn't five times your strength your muscles didn't grow five times no it didn't no. yeah it's just you, man. you believed it you you tried it and you did it that's all it is mental man it's all in your head it's i think your head.
0: i think this is why fitness can improve your life not only physically but understanding this understanding this dynamic between you and your mind and your surrounding it can make the difference between you getting then promotion or you, let's say pursuing that program that you always feared that, Oh, maybe I'm not smart enough to do that. But you just like, you're already sabotaging your yourself.
1: Right. Even before exactly.
0: this is, this is what I'm learning personally uh, from that 10 pounds to that 50 pounds is that like, it's not just the dumbbells, man. Like it, it also everything in your life. Yeah. if you already believe that, oh, maybe I can't do this, I'm sabotaging myself. It's something that I'm, I'm still, I still need to work on it. Yeah. It's not there. No, uh, no. Dude, it's a lifetime's work.
1: But the point is that you're working on it. You're never going to get to the point where you're like, yeah, I believe I could fly and jump out of a building. <laughs> don't, don't do that, kids. <laughs> but you know what I mean? But it's, it's constant work. It's constant. You always have that voice in your head saying that you don't. Because your body doesn't, man, your body wants to be lazy, man. It wants to stay on the couch, eat chips. And just watch TV that's all your body wants doesn't want to go lift weights man why it's painful it's tiring you're sore all the time you gotta eat broccoli and chicken all the time like oh god but it's not about what your body wants It's about what you want you know and you tell it to shut up (laughs) and you do what you have to do your mind
0: your mind wants the path of least resistance that that's what I learned to be honest that's 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 what I'm still learning but your growth happens when you take the path of most resistance
1: right yeah
0: yeah so People, including myself, at some point, uh, have this mis- misconception that lifting weights can decrease your flexibility. You debunked that on day one of our training. Tell us how you can increase flexibility with free weights. You just do the actual, the full range
1: of motion exercises. You do a proper movement. Uh, you do a squat. You squat all the way down. You don't go halfway down. You do a press. You do all the way down. You know, it's your tendons and your muscles stretch out when you work out if you do it properly right? Like, even you, now you're lifting a lot heavier, a lot of my clients are lifting a lot heavier, but they're squatting a lot lower. Because again, you work through the full range of motion. Full range of motion, more more stability, more flexibility, more muscle building, so many benefits. A lot of people do a lot of half reps, right? Because they want to get in the numbers. There's the mentality, let's say, I'm not sure now, I haven't checked it out in a while, uh, CrossFit mentality of doing as many reps as possible. Like, ah oh, just... Give me 5,000 push-ups and three and a half million squats. No, you have to do it properly. That's why people get injured. You can't. You got to do it properly. All the way down. All the way. Doing it properly, 10 doing pro- properly, 10 is better than doing 20 half-assed. It's not worth it. Also, you get the benefits of being able more flexible, stretching at the bottom, more blood circulation, more oxygen circulation, more muscle building. It's so many benefits. But honestly, it's just doing the movement properly through the whole range of motion. No half-ass because you want to lift heavier, no this because it hurts. Do less, do less, but do
0: it properly. Well, the gyms were closed for uh, months here in Quebec during our second lockdown. How did it affect you?
1: Fuck, fuck, fuck those people, dude. (laughs) How did it affect me? I I slacked off like crazy. I mean, you start off working out at home at first, doing some stuff, but then after that, you're like, you know what? We don't know when this is going to open anymore. Push-ups at home don't matter. I mean, psychologically, I mean, everybody got screwed over. Everybody gained weight. Everybody lost their muscle mass. Uh, Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, it affects you psychologically. It affects you emotionally. It affects you physically. It was the stupidest decision they could have took. Like, stupidest, stupidest thing they could do. You need exercise. That's what builds your immune system, you know. But that's what happened. And, uh, yeah, everybody, man. Everybody was the same thing. But, uh, no, things are opening. So, time to get back. I mean, again, ups and downs, right? You a couple of months, you'll be back to what you were. Everybody's gonna be back, feeling better, doing well, and you're good. It's a stumbling block on a long, long road. It's not a sprint; it's a marathon. You know, you gotta, you gotta do it properly. That's all it is.
0: What's gonna be the long, t- long-term? What's gonna be the long-term ramification of uh, on on mental health? Uh, oh, for this? Yeah, yeah, with this lockdown. Oh, screwed. It's screwed. The next
1: generation is screwed. Well, this generation is screwed. Uh, people being locked down, right? You got to think about it. Wearing a mask, right? Let's say it's like this. You don't see smiles. You don't see lips moving. Everybody stays away from each other. Kids are told not to go around people. Uh, less exercise. Stay home. Don't go out. But you could go buy alcohol and weed. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't go exercise. But go buy alcohol and weed. Um, yeah, man, no, it's going to be a lot of people, people that were antisocial already are becoming more antisocial. Uh, people gained a crazy amount of weight. I mean, it's been a year now, you know, even if somebody gained 30 pounds, I mean, 30 pounds extra on their body, on their joints. It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. If the ramifications are going to, you're going to feel them a lot, very, it's going to take a while to get back to it, right? The mental health people. People that have been depressed, people that have been lonely, people that are staying home, people in abusive families, homes, all this crap. I mean, it just got worse. They weren't considering that when they locked down, right? They're not thinking yeah. like, hey. but this is what they're going to have to deal with it now when everything opens up again and people start. To... Right. But honestly, man, if they would have just kept the gyms open, kept exercise going and just not just exercise, just like being able to do stuff, you know, in a sanitary way, keep everybody healthy, you know. But no, it's like you're fighting a disease that you need a good immune system by stopping people from doing things that build up their immune system. It's counterproductive. Staying home and drinking and smoking and eating and getting uh, all these delivery services. Stupidest thing. You, get, you can get a pizza at your house in 10 minutes, but you can't go out to the gym and work out. Like, come on. I mean, the depression and the trauma and the post-traumatic stress, it's going to be bad. You have to deal with
0: it. What's your opinion on the government's way of handling things? No, it's...
1: They're morons. They're... I mean, in my
0: humble opinion, kids,
1: think what you want. It, it was... Look, man. I'm afraid that when the numbers for suicide come out, especially in Quebec, I'm afraid... In Canada, I'm afraid they're going to be higher than how many people died from COVID. And then the government's going to have to answer for that because those numbers weren't given out. I know some people are work in the mental health And they're saying their numbers went up by thirty something percent, and they were already overworked. You know, you got to consider everything. You got to consider mental health. Yeah, you have to consider physical health. You have to consider everything. I don't know. I hope I hope for the best. It's getting. Let's get some good questions, like fun, fun questions, (laughs) bro. It's getting depressing.
0: It's got dark <laughs> it's getting dark man. it's like uh the, the it's like the dc dc all of a sudden we were like in marvel comics and i was like
1: <laughs> i was like it's dark it's
0: <laughs> where it's batman not kills me. people
1: <laughs> it's over it's over now that's something funny
0: oh man <laughs> well bro i got i got my last question for you already all right yeah if you could change one thing uh in the world just One thing. Fuck it, vegans. I'm joking. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh, my vegan friends. Please don't hate hate me.
1: (laughs) I'm joking. I'm not talking about vegans. They're.
0: I don't really care. (laughs) Uh, If you could change one thing in the world, man, what would it be?
1: Vegetarians.
0: (laughs) Okay, okay. Well,
1: ask, Ask me again. Ask me again.
0: All right. So, if you could change one thing in the world, one thing that is very important to you, uh, what would it be? Feminism. Oh, my God. (laughs) Dude, you're like, you're baiting, man. (laughs) Do it. Okay, let's go again. Oh, my God. So, yeah, if you could change one thing in the world, man, what would it be? Ugly people. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, dude... Man, you're going to get me canceled, man. <laughs> Kids, we're joking right now. He's uh, not going
1: to use this. Use it
0: if you don't. to. Bra, bra. This is, this, is like, uh, this is like blooper reel gold right now, man. Do you think I'm not going to use it? Yes. Use it, but put it on your Patreon
1: behind the paywall. So at least if they get offended, Ooh. they get money for it. <laughs> That's a good idea. If I could change one thing about the world... I don't know, man. Uh, it's a very vague, open end question. I don't know if I could change Yeah, anything. that's the
0: whole point, man. Uh, hypothetically speaking, if you have the power, for example, or if you have the, let's imagine like I'm the genie in front of you and I can grant wishes and shit, what would you ask for?
1: Um, people take more self-responsibility. Humanity in general to take responsibility. Each, each take responsibility for themselves. I think that would think that would solve a lot of problems. If you would feel responsible for things that you do and that you say and take it on yourself to change something, I think uh, yeah, I think that would actually you know what? Yeah, that's what would that would solve all the problems. Because if your neighbor's hungry and you're responsible, you feel responsible, you'd help them. If a war starting and you feel responsible for killing other people, you would stop that. If you know, somebody's hurting, you would be responsible and you would help them. Yeah. People need to take responsibility for humanity. That would, you know what? That would solve everything. yeah. yeah.